Good morning. I'm so glad you could be with me today as together we get into God's Word in the midst of the Unfolding the Word ministry. We're in the midst of a study of Romans now. We finished looking at the opening verses, verses 1 to 7, a real feast of information setting the stage for all of the rest of the book of the book of Romans. Uh, today, I want to pick up our reading in verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all of the world. The first seven verses have been setting the stage for the book of Romans, talking to us about the gospel, letting us know that in fact there is a gospel, the Greek good news, existing out there, telling us by implication that we are midst of bad news for which the good news is the solution. And of course, the bad news is the sin of mankind and the consequences of sin separating us from the God who is really there, creating an impossible situation of accountability and eventual judgment for mankind. But God in his great love has sent his son into this world to create the solution, the good news. <laughs> the gospel is a message about the very son of God, Jesus Christ, the God man, the word made flesh to dwell among us. It is rooted in the reality that he is the very Son of God, more than merely a man, more than merely a great teacher, more than merely a good example. He is the very Son of God, the Word made flesh to dwell among us, and he came into this world to live, to die, to raise again in order to solve this undergirding bad news of humanity, that we are sinners and separated from God. Yesterday we were talking about three things that the gospel reminds us about that we gain in Jesus Christ. Grace, in other words, unmerited, undeserved favor from God. Peace, we who are not at peace with God. Mankind is not at peace with God. The scripture says all of humanity is at enmity with God. We have peace with God and we find peace with God through Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1 tells us, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We also were seeing how as we respond to the gospel, it brings with it an obligation. God puts us in the place where we are to be sharing that message with that lost world around us. Once we respond to the gospel, God sees us differently. He sees us now as belonging to him. He sees us now as being able to live within the benefits of his loving care and kindness. And he sees us now as having been made saints in Jesus Christ. Well, a lot of information. Those are the things the opening verses reminded us about. Now today, verse 8 turns us to an issue of thankfulness. Paul said, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being proclaimed in all of the world. Paul begins the main meat of the book with a note of thanksgiving. He was feeling thankful before God for a very important fact. And that fact was that the Roman believers were sharing their faith, proclaiming it, and Others knew of that, so the faith 
what, that they were proclaiming was being proclaimed other places. People were saying, you know, those believers at Rome, they're telling people about the good news, about the gospel. He was excited to know that. Now, linking it back, in verse 5 we discovered we have received an apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith. And we talked about the responsibility that we have to be sharing the gospel. Paul picks up on that now, and he says, listen, as I think about you as believers at Rome, and I am reminded by other people about you, I heard something that made me thankful. <laughs> and what made me thankful was that you were proclaiming your faith. And that proclamation was being understood and talked about by other people. You were sharing your faith. I hadn't even plant the church at Rome. But nonetheless, I'm excited by the fact that you're proclaimers of the gospel itself. Isn't it a wonderful thing that Paul understood this fundamental truth that we're to be excited when people are proclaiming Jesus Christ, actively carrying out the obligation they have as redeemed children of God to proclaim a good news, a gospel to other people. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8, Paul addresses something very similar with the Thessalonican church. He says, For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and in Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we don't need to say anything. Others know you're proclaiming. So you see this same attitude of thanksgiving on the part of Paul, true thanksgiving, when he sees people sharing Christ. Are you able to raise your eyes above your own sphere and be happy about other people sharing the ministry? Paul didn't plant the church in Rome, but he was truly thankful before God for what they were doing at Rome and what was happening in the believers' lives. Isn't it wonderful that we can be excited about those areas and those people that are not directly the product of our own efforts? God says we can do that if we keep our eyes on what's most important, what's exceedingly important to God and should therefore be to us is the gospel being proclaimed. Whenever we hear that somebody's doing that, we rejoice. We thank the Lord. Is that true of you? Is that how you're responding? One other thing I want to pick up on this issue of the thanksgiving that Paul felt. Part of the reason I believe Paul was expressing and feeling such thankfulness over this proclamation that he was seeing within that church, is that the proof that our faith is a settled faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is often confirmed or demonstrated by our commitment to proclamation of the gospel itself. What do I mean by that? If I say I've responded to the good news, but I never tell anybody about the good news, then there's some reason to have a question as to whether I actually personally responded to it. When I do share that good news with other people, there's a confirming evidence of sorts that, in fact, I personally have responded to it. This connection between proclaiming it and believing it and having it is demonstrated later on in the book of Romans in chapter 10, and eventually, Lord willing, we'll get there. But verses 9 and 10 of the 10th chapter of Romans tell us this. If you confess with your mouth 
that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. You see, proclaiming and believing are meant to be woven together. So when somebody's not proclaiming, then you have to question, are they actually believing? <laughs> Do they see it? Are they believing? In the book of Philemon, in that, uh, in that particular book, in verses 4 to 6 of the chapter 1, it says, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers because I hear of your love and of the faith you have toward the Lord Jesus Christ and all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become even more effective for the full knowledge of the good things that are ours in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, I want to see your faith grow. I want to see the sharing of your faith growing because it confirms you. Now, why? Why would this be such a proof? Why is it that Paul, putting his finger on this, has such thanksgiving about the proclamation he was hearing taking place among the Roman believers? And the answer to that is we proclaim in the midst of a culture opposed ultimately to the message. When we share the message, we don't always find a positive response. In fact, frequently, if we are sharing the good news of the gospel, the world around us looks at it as bad news, offensive news. They look at it as a put-down of humanity. The idea that somehow we are sinners and separated from God and that we're destined to enter eternity apart from God unless we respond to the gospel is like, People look at that and say, well, I, I, don't, I don't like that. That's offensive. Uh, and as we become proclaimers, we run the risk of alienation from people. The very people alienated from God choose to be alienated from us because we're proclaimers. Now, some of them will respond. But the point is, when we proclaim, it's a risky business. In the effort of proclaiming, we always run the risk of being ostracizing from the of being ostracized from the group that we're sharing with. Therefore, to be a continuing proclaimer in the face of the potential loss of relationship and interest on the part of other people demonstrates that, well, what I'm believing here in and what I'm proclaiming is something I'm holding to because I'm willing to risk losing relationship in order to share it. Well, there it is. Paul had a great reason for being thankful. He was seeing the proclamation of the believers that were in Rome. Be thankful about the same thing and be sure that people can be thankful about you for that same reason. Be a proclaimer. Join me tomorrow as we continue to look at Paul's prayer and the verses that are coming for the believers at Rome. God bless.